With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, joy lovers. Welcome to our third call. I was sending out emails and looking at stuff last night and realized that we only have 10 days left at the joy challenge. I feel like it has flown by so quickly, um, but I'm so excited to hear. I continuously get emails of either people who have achieved their goals or have achieved big steps towards their goals or are having huge awarenesses. So I'm really happy about all of the things that are going on in the challenge and really appreciate everybody who is here listening to us live with my special guest, Jeanette Ma from Good Vibes University. Hi, Jeanette. Hello. (laughs) And we are covering um, extreme self-love, extreme self-care here this week, which was um, funny how this theme, I kind of had an idea for the theme for each week before I started the Joy Challenge. I had some ideas, maybe even too strong. I just had some thoughts on it. And... um, this was one that I definitely wanted to do because out of the, the three steps I talk about, about 0% effort, 100% return, this was step three. And I kind of I got to this self-care thing from literally just not having enough energy to do anything but take care of myself. I, I didn't have any anything extra to give up to anyone else. And that's, that's kind of how I, I crawled, crawled to this place. It's definitely not what I would say is my forte. Though I'm learning this week, I have I have come a long way, baby. I'm uh, much better at this than I than I realized. I've picked a couple of things up along the way, but I had an interesting thing happen. So we just had spread the joy week last Friday, and in all of my, I was on top of doing spread the joy or not spread the joy week, spread the joy day last Friday, and on top of doing everything for spread the joy, I was also. Uh, working to get myself and two kids, one of whom has a broken ankle, to the airport on a plane to Orlando, but picking up picking them up so they wouldn't miss school. There's just all these like moving pieces going on that day, and I had conference calls and all this stuff. So I didn't get a chance to play as full out as I had hoped to. And the funniest thing happened Friday, April 15th. I must have gotten four or five things like for free out of nowhere, where people were spreading the joy to me, and not people in our challenge, some of them were, but not even necessarily people in our challenge, and every single time I got something, my first response was to be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much, that's so sweet, but you know, you, you should keep that, or you know, donate it to charity, or I mean, each time my gut response was to say, thank you, but, but it's okay, it's okay, and so I sat in the discomfort all day on the 15th, and it got to the point where it became funny as as you all know, sometimes the universe works that way to really drive its message home. Got to a point where it was funny because I would sit there, I'd get an email and it was somebody giving me something and I would immediately hit reply and start, start typing and then just stop because I was like, I, 
I just need to sit with this so I can receive it. And then like four hours later, I finally type an email and be like, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. <laughs> so that's when I was like, this, this week is going to be good. The self-love, the receiving, the taking in. Because as you all know, with the Joy Challenge, I am loving giving out thank you gifts and giving out things to other people. But it's interesting to watch my receiving muscle um, he had struggled just a little bit with that. So I was all in for this week, and Jeanette has a wonderful ebook and recordings on the art of self-love. So, Jeanette, I'm thrilled to have you here with us. Mm-hmm. I think I will actually just dive in and start with you, and then I'm going to open it up to everybody on the call to hear about your wins and your questions and just any thoughts that you all have. Sounds good. So, Miss Jeanette, the art of self-love. So, what really drew me to this was just the little description you have of the product, which is the universe can only give you that which you are able and willing to receive. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start with that. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit mm-hmm. about when we talk about self-love and manifestation, I think for me, and I'll speak for myself personally, I think sometimes it feels like it is selfish to be taking care of ourselves. But that thinking about it in terms of the universe is a totally different spin on on it. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, I think that's a big reason why many of us struggle with practicing self-love because of the conditioning we've had around giving to others rather than giving to ourselves. But where I'd love to start with is why it's important for us to be good at this because I know a lot of people who have big dreams and are doing their best to manifest them into their reality without realizing that that sometimes their strongest sabotage point for allowing those dreams to unfold in their life is their ability to receive them. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I've heard Abraham talk about how we have limits of allowing. And very often when you see something like, oh, it looks like your big thing is, is going to happen, it's starting to unfold, and then it's like the rug gets pulled out from under it. I've heard Abraham describe that as when you reach the limits of your allowing, of what your belief and what your receiving skills um, could, could allow for. And so it's important for us to be a match to receiving our big dream. If, and I know a lot of people listening to this, if they don't have personal experience with this and haven't been really conscious to this process, would be like, well, of course, I can receive my big dream. Bring it on. I will prove it. Watch me go. But when it comes down to it, just like you were describing, Amina, there, there are some things in place that actually create challenges for us, whether it's with, whether we believe in it. That's often um, a, a sticky point. Like, we, it, how often have we thought, "Oh, too good to be true"? Oh my gosh, I watched that girl. She was like a teenager in Baltimore, I think it was. She was on the news last night for winning some award. Oh, they were going to build some big factory neck, a mile away from her high school that was huge pollution. And she, like, basically single-handedly, this teenager, led the effort to shut them down after it had already been approved by her community council. Anyway, she, w- wow. she wins this award. And, and oh, the part of the prize is $175,000. And she said when they called her to give her the to tell her the news she thought it was a scam <laughs> that's believing in too good to be true how many of us have sabotaged relationships because we we it too good to be true sometimes screws us up but also feeling worthy of it can screw us up where what we and we don't want to be uncomfortable because we're receiving more than someone else is 
there's, there could be so many things that, that come into play, but that's why receiving skills are a crucial part of allowing our dreams to come true, and self-love is a huge part of, of beefing up, of reinforcing a vegetarian using the phrase beefing up. It makes me laugh. <laughs> our, our receiving skills. I think self-love is, is the strongest way to do that, and that's why it's in service of our successful manifesting. Not just that, it feels good. I actually think this is at the heart of everything that we want. Everything that we, Abraham says, and I believe, everything we want, the only reason we want it is because of how we think we'll feel when we get it. And that's some sort of good, it's some sort of happy, some sort of better. And self-love is the heart of that. It doesn't get any better than, than feeling good about who we are, what we're doing. It, that, that, there isn't a vibration that trumps that, if you ask me. That's right up there at the top of the vibration list. So it's a reward in and of itself. But the reason I get everyone's attention on this subject is because I tell them this is key to getting all those other things that you want. <laughs> yeah, right. When you, it, it, almost when you make it a homework assignment like we did this week, it's, it's an assignment, there's that permission. And that I mean, I feel yeah. like that's a big, big theme mm-hmm. throughout the joy challenge is just the permission to be happy, the permission to find joy, the permission to take a minute for yourself every day, and the permission to do these what seem mm-hmm. like sometimes mm-hmm. indulgent self-love activities, yep. but they're really just basic, this is how the universe works, the universe gives you what you're willing to receive. So I I'm I love, um, and I, I know we talk about it, we talk around it, I feel like, but talk just for a minute about vibration and vibration being everything and, and feeling being everything um, yeah. in relation to self-love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, everything that exists is energy, and um, like energy attracts like energy. So whatever we want to experience in life, if we don't know the vibration of it, it can't come to us. All that can come to us is what we are vibrating. So if the vibration that I know, the vibration that I'm dialed on, is one of resentment or fear or anger or anything along those lines. If that's what I'm vibrating, then I can't. I am not a vibrational match to love and happiness and success or whatever else I might want. So for whatever it is that I desire, it's crucial for me to find the vibration of that. And, you know, that I think really when they talk about how everything that we want, it's, it, it's some sort some version of happiness. I, I like thinking of it as love, love of life, you know, love of ourselves or whatever. For a lot of people, the reason they want to manifest something in their body is because they want to feel better about themselves. If you feel better about yourself first, it's amazing how things in your body will shift. But it, the, I'm doing a very bad job of answering your question. No, the this point is great. Being, the point being... We want to learn the vibration of whatever it is that we desire in order to better experience it because it's, it can be highly frustrating to be going after something that we are repelling without even knowing it because of what we're vibrating. And, and our vibration is just a function of how we're focused, what thoughts we're thinking. And it's, um, we can tell what we're vibrating based on how we're feeling what I'm quoting here is pretty much everything I ever learned from Abraham. These are not ideas that I made up. I've studied a lot of teachers on this topic, and I think Abraham is the best for understanding what's going on here. If someone has a different idea of thinking about it, I'm not going to say that's right or wrong. I'm just uh, sharing what I've learned from Abraham. 
Yeah, and I'm, and and I love that. I you know the the vibration and everything is vibration, and you get to the highest vibration, and and love is is up there. I know with gratitude, joy, passion, yeah, yeah, yeah joy. All all of those things are the are the highest vibration, and and attracting in. I mean, we're going for these goals we're going for in this challenge are our biggest goals. These this is like we got to bring our A game to be in the receiving of these goals. So mm-hmm. we want to be at that high high level of the vibrational um, scale. But sometimes when we talk about these big goals, we automatically drop to the, the lower level of vibration of fear. You know, when you start or fear or fear of getting it. Fear of disappointment. Yeah, fear of looking foolish for going for it and failing. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of stuff that can get in the way of it. And they're all just, you know, gremlin doubts and fears that, um, most of us experience. They're certainly not unusual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about kind of the more practical. So now, you know, okay, so we, and, and I feel like some of this stuff, I was I was actually speaking to Jamie this morning, and I think, I feel like everything I say is just like, it's obvious, and it is. Like all these words are very obvious. Like, hey, you should take care of yourself, and if you take care of yourself, you'll have more to give to others. Okay. That, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But the putting the obvious into practice is a right. lifetime, lifetime uh, continuous improvement project that's going on. Well, that's why I think this challenge is so valuable, Amina, because it translates what most of us have heard or know or believe, but it translates it into our real-life daily practice. That's where the power is. Right. So talk to us about, okay, so vibration, self-love. We're talking about this stuff. So, you know, we have people who are doing this challenge who are, are you know, we've seen some of this in the Facebook group, are, are scraping by, you know. So they're spending their time working and, um, you know, raising their kids and keeping the house going. It, it, it's, it's, it's full. It's full and it's, it's stressful and, you know, they're doing their, their two minutes of joy a day or four minutes of joy a day or or wherever they are. So what's one or two, if, if you had to get into the practical, like, hey, here's something you could do, to someone I, who's really just like I like know where trying. I want to go. Yeah, it doesn't go require any more time. All it requires is um, some conscious awareness and a commitment to noticing your self-talk and changing it where you see room for improvement. So self-love doesn't have to be about something that we do for ourselves, although that's a fabulous way to practice it. And many of you will find that easier than adjusting your self-talk. But <laughs> when you listen to the way that you talk to yourself, boy, we most of us have room for improvement on that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something as simple as like, uh, oh, uh, maybe you're, you're realizing something, a mistake you made, and you're like, ah, duh. Like just even that word. Would you say that to your best friend or to your sister, someone <laughs> that you loved, your daughter? If it's not something you would say to someone that you loved, then it doesn't belong in your own self-talk. Like learning to upgrade the way you converse with yourself, I think is an incredibly powerful way to practice self-love, and it doesn't require any time or any money. I I love that because I really feel like where I had huge shifts, and this is very recent, and um, I know Waylon just won this thank you gift yesterday, but it, I, I 
through a random series of events, found this book, Working on Yourself Doesn't Work. And it was counterintuitive. You know, I, I live in the Jack Canfield world, and mm-hmm. I spent a lot of my time working on myself and with other people working on themselves. But this was the one thing that they said, and I'm, I'm learning this. I'm coming to this from various ways, which is just that really harsh self-judgment. So there's a lot of things about myself mm-hmm. that I would love to improve. You know, there's things that when I look at myself, I go, you know, I, I know I could be doing that better, and I'd like to do that better, and it would bring me joy to be able to do that better. But the first step I'm learning in all of that is just to go, but this is how I'm doing it today, and that's okay. And one day it'll Amen. get better. And somehow just that, like, again, the, the word permission, I feel like, is really coming up big in this joy challenge. But just the permission to go, you know what, if, if I could if I could do it differently today, if I could be like Jeanette in this way today, I would Obviously, that, I'd be doing that. That's so hilarious. No just even yesterday, I, I walked out of the office after reading another newsletter you'd sent out, and I was like, man, this girl is doing this right. <laughs> I'm impressed with how you're doing it. And here you are using this as an example, which is hilarious to me. But it's like we're all, you know, just that, the, just the giving yourself a break. You know, it's yeah. like if you, mm-hmm. if you could be doing one more thing in a day, you probably would be doing it. You know, we're, we're not the type of people who are like, yeah, I could be doing one more thing in a day, but I'm just not going to. We're the type of people who are like, I can find a way to cram it in. So just the whole, like, you know, if I could have been doing it better, if I could have done it better in the past, if I had known more, all that, just the forgiveness and the acceptance and the permission well, to say, I'm doing it okay now. Especially for someone like you who, with the history you have that you've shared with us, Cutting yourself some slack can be an incredibly loving act. And there might be others who find that the most loving thing they could do is hold themselves to a higher standard. I'm thinking of how on Project Runway, oh, what's his name? Isaac said to one of the uh, participants, he said, he was really harsh in his his criticism. And someone commented like, oh, you're being so critical. And he said, I'm only doing it because I love you and I know you're capable of more. Okay, I wondered if that was true. I was like, does he really love him? Or does he just say that to justify being kind of mean? And I, but I know there are instances where that really is truly a loving thing to be able, whether we're doing it with someone else or with ourselves, that it could be a loving thing to say, you know what, you can do better. But for many of us who are beating ourselves up for thinking that we're not doing enough or we should be doing more, the most loving thing we could do is cut ourselves some slack. But that's why this is such a personal practice because no one else can tell you exactly what your highest form of love looks like. That's something that we each get to discern for ourselves rather than follow someone else's formula for it because what's love for me may be torture for someone else, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like my idea of, I was just, I was thinking about my idea of a really great weekend, a fabulous Saturday night is to stay home alone with the book, maybe a blanket, maybe a fire if it's winter time. whereas <laughs> someone else's idea of a great time is get dressed up, go out and be social, make some new friends, be, get where it's loud and dance and maybe some drinking. You know, it, we're just, we're so different that we, it's important for us to recognize and honor what our own form of love looks like. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And to know that it doesn't, you know, I'm, and I was, um, I felt a little guilty putting this on Facebook yesterday, but I, I, I wrote how my self-love thing yesterday was to go and get a manicure and pedicure. And the truth is that feels like work to me. It doesn't, 
you know, that that doesn't normally feel like a fun thing. Mm-hmm. So I made it a fun thing yesterday where I was like, no, I'm just, I'm not going to try to read something or multitask or what. I'm just going to sit here and, you know, find joy in doing it and not have it be another to-do on my to-do list. <laughs> so sometimes just that switch, you know, just the right. switch and the switch and I am going oh, to make this a self-love act. I'm going to oh my choose. gosh! To, seriously, the gift of deciding to feel differently about something can be huge self-love. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, all right, so tell us. I'm so out of just out of curiosity. What are some of the self-love things you are doing this week, or what are some of your favorites? Or well, my my big let us one. into the life of Jeanette. From my from my world of contrast, what I used to fantasize about were a couple of things. These were such huge desires that I, they felt like fantasies, like out of reach fantasies, like never going to happen fantasies, where um, <laughs> I didn't have to leave my dogs at home when I went to work. That was mm. so hard for me to do every day. I don't know for most of working moms, they could maybe relate better if we say leaving kids at home. <laughs> but for me, my, I don't have kids. My dogs are my cats don't care, but dogs, oh, it was torture for me to leave those dogs every day. I hated it. And I used to fantasize about just being able to stay home with them. I also used to fantasize about not having to wear nylons. <laughs> and, I, and I also used to fantasize about not waking up to an alarm clock, to just wake up when I wanted to wake up. Oh, my God. That, that, was, that was a big dream. It was a really big dream. And in the early days, I, for many years, I didn't even believe that could ever be my reality. I mean, I, I, was not, I wasn't dreaming very big for myself. I knew I wanted that, but I didn't believe in it. And I live all of that stuff and more every day now, so much so I kind of sort of take it for granted. Like when I remember how it used to be my fantasy to not have an alarm clock in my room and to wake up whenever I wanted to. And I, that's how that's how I, one of the biggest ways I practice self-love today is that um, I I set my day up so that I can do what I like when I like. It's uh, It's got a lot of freedom in it. Now for a lot of people, their act of self-love would be waking up at 5 a.m. for meditation before their workout, before they go hit yoga or something like that. And maybe one day that will be for me too. That's another thing I wanted to mention is that our self-love can evolve. On one day it might be one thing and tomorrow it might be something totally different. So to be open about how yours might, um, might shift over time rather than just always think of yourself as someone who prefers this, that, or the other, sometimes that stuff changes. Yeah, uh, that goes back to the permission, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's permission for it to be what it is that today. Yeah, yeah. I and and to listen for what our heart's calling for because look, our our desires do evolve, and our the way that we one of the best ways for us to love ourselves is to give ourselves the gift of those desires, whatever they might be. Oh, I nice. used to be a girl who my favorite Friday night was go out with a girlfriend and go have a great time, and I used to be. What I preferred, but um, that has shifted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. All right, well, tell me, what what else would you like to talk about for self-love? I want to take, open it up and get questions I, and this, hear from other okay. people what they're doing. The other thing I really want to, I really want to bring this point home, which is that whenever we expect others or the world to be good to us, like if we want, oh, someone to treat us right, whether it's a boss, or a boyfriend or a spouse, or if we just want whatever good things we want the world to deliver to us, 
it's important that you know how to how to deliver that to yourself first, that you can practice receiving that. Because it isn't often that the world is holding out on us or that the people in your life are being mean to you or are not treating you the way you want to be treated. It's that you aren't the vibration of that. And the best way for us to become the vibration of that is to give it to ourselves. When we mm-hmm. can give it and receive it ourselves, we're a proven vibrational match for it, and that makes it, it not just makes it easier, it requires that the world match us. It has to, it's, it's the law of attraction. It's how it works. Un, like attracts like. So <laughs> this was my big thing when I had a, oh my gosh, I was having so much trouble with a neighbor. It was, it was bad news over there. The whole neighborhood was having trouble with this neighbor. We, we'd involved the police. I mean, it was, it was really, really challenging. And from what I had learned, this was, this was like, I don't know, 10 years ago. What I'd learned from The Secret was that, and what I knew from, from Law of Attraction was that if I'm the vibration of love and peace and quiet and he's not, then he will be gone from my world. So I thought by giving myself what I wanted him to do for me, I wanted him to be quiet. I wanted him to be nice. I wanted him to be different. <laughs> and I eventually realized after a lot of conflict with this neighbor that in order to get that from him, I had to give that to myself. I had to become mm-hmm. that vibration before he was giving it to me. So I had to learn peace and quiet and love before he was showing up at, to my party with that. So right. as I And it took weeks of practicing it because I had practiced anger and resentment and brr, a lot of bad things. In, in, in my interactions with him. So as I was practicing peace and quiet and love, then I thought he would be gone from my world. I thought he'll end up dead. He'll end up in jail. Maybe he'll move in with his girlfriend. Somehow, some way, he will have to be removed from my world when I become these vibrations. And what I learned was and what shocked me, once I really got good at the vibrations of peace and quiet and love and appreciation, those were the four that I was working on, that guy joined me in it. He became mm-hmm. love. He became appreciation to me, not to anyone else in the neighborhood, interestingly enough. He became an ideal neighbor. I mean, to this day, he's one of my favorite neighbors I've ever had. And I didn't think he was capable of bringing that. I thought by becoming those vibrations, I'd push him out of my world. No, he showed up with that. He showed up with what I was flowing. So my point being, don't expect the world to give you something that you aren't giving yourself. If you want someone to respect you, respect yourself. If you want someone to be nicer to you, be nicer to yourself. If you want someone to love you, you better know how to love yourself first. And this work, I want to say, I don't know that I've ever done anything more challenging than this. Because, Well, I have a variety of ideas about that. I think it's a basic parenting technique that most of us were raised with that you know, we're supposed to change in some way way before we received approval from those who mattered to us, whether it was parents or teachers or eventually bosses and spouses. We were taught, you got to make your bed or be nice to your sister or eat your vegetables or do your homework before someone would love and approve of us. So we got that, that message was ingrained very early on that we had to change in order to be worthy of love. That's a myth. <laughs> we're already always automatically worthy of that love. And we're just reminding ourselves of that truth as we practice this self-love. But um, I've found many people, this is, this is some of the most challenging work I've ever in, asked clients to engage. So don't be discouraged if it feels challenging, if it feels hard. That's just 
all the more sign that you're going to get a lot of bang from this buck by engaging it. Yeah, it's amazing how much, how much, how far a little bit can go. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much just a little bit can can unlock with it's self-love. True. I've seen it happen many, many times when people doing all their manifesting exercises, you know, to create this, that, or the other. When when they just started practicing a little bit of self-love, it opened the floodgates. Yeah, and we talk a lot about um, so two thoughts as as I'm hearing you speak. We talk a lot about in this community. It's funny that we beat ourselves up for not doing a man. You know, it's it's almost like I talk to people all the time, and I do this all the time too, which is like. I know I'm supposed to be having a better vibration. I know I'm supposed to be taking care of myself. I know I'm supposed to be doing this stuff, but I'm not doing this stuff. And it's almost like we beat ourselves up for... For not being nice to ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah, for not, for not doing the things we know we need to do when really the kind of thing to do in that situation is just to go, that's be what's kind. real for me right now. Be kind to yourself. In fact, so often when people are stumped, like, I don't even know where to start. What, I don't even know what self-love looks like. You know what? Here's how you find out. Think of who you treat really well, whoever you have unconditional love for, and treat yourself that same way. Say the same things. Think the, do the same things. I mean, you can use your example for how you love someone or something else and just turn that inward. You already know how to love. But a, a, a lot of people get stuck on, I, I, I don't even know, what, where would I begin? What does it look like? It's a foreign concept. Yeah, what would I do? So this is the other thing that I was thinking about. Um, I know, so you know, a lot of a lot of the goals that people have when we talk about self love and vibrating vibrating at the level of that which you want, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's really easy. There's I forget what the statistic is. I don't know if you you know it or somebody else on the call knows it, but it's like you know, once you're a millionaire, even if you go completely bankrupt, the chances of you becoming a millionaire again are like some like close to 100 percent some ridiculous high number because you know how to be a millionaire like once you're a millionaire you know how to do it Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't matter if it all gets taken away from you you just recreate it because you know how to create that that's that's your vibration that's that's kind of what you're at but for a lot of us the things that we're trying to bring into our lives are things that we don't know how to vibrate at and we've Mm -hmm. never had that actual life experience before and i know that jack does uh jack canfield does the act as if and he does this come as you'll be party. So you come, you know, five years into the future and for, it's only an hour and it's, it's unbelievable how challenging it is for a full hour to stay in it <laughs> and, and also how addictive. It's, it's a combination of challenging and addictive. Um, um, I remember my first, first time I came and um, I think I was married and had a baby and people were like, oh, what's your husband's name? And I'm like, uh, uh. Uh, uh, I'm like, okay, if we're five years in the future and I'm married, I probably ought to be able to tell you what my husband's name is. So it's kind of funny because people ask you, and they're like, well, who's okay? And I was like, oh, they're like, where's your baby? I'm like, oh, uh, he's home with with my husband. I'm like, that's why they're not here. Okay, good, I got this. I got this this thing down. So, um, you know, if you don't know what the vibe, that's that's actually one, and, and that's one I tell my coaching clients all the time. I go, I go get get your sister, a really good friend, somebody, somebody who will just play with you and pretend like it's already happened. Pretend you like you've got that ten thousand dollars and walk around and, you know, say, oh my gosh, so what did you do today? Did you finally buy the new car? Did you whatever it is, you know, and someone to play with you? What what would you recommend people doing if you don't know the vibe? You you know what Look, you want. 
What would you say? This is why we have imaginations. This is what they're for. Um, and Because if people could only create what they were already familiar with, nothing new would ever be created. But this is the power of imagination. So if you just imagine, if you just pretend, if you fantasize, if you daydream, you can learn a vibration just doing that, just by practicing it. In fact, I've been doing that recently as I'm practicing the vibration of a new house. It's not just a new house, you guys. It's a whole new lifestyle. I'm, I'm going from in the city to off the grid. <laughs> and, and I'm practicing it. I'm practicing the feeling of this space and being a little further away from everything. And um, so I've never done it before. I don't know anyone who lives this way, but I'm practicing it in my imagination. <laughs> and I actually, I'm already practicing i'm imagining all the conversations i have with neighbors to glean tips from them i mean when i show up i might even do it before i might even do it before i sign on the dotted line i might talk to some neighbors about what this is like but that's another way we can do it we can tap someone else's experience of it watch a movie of someone's experience or read a book an autobiography is a great way to get in their vibration of it and yours might be a little bit different but that one that you can get a foot in by listening to someone else tell their story of it. So our imagination, someone else's experience. Um, what else, Amina? There are some other ways for us to tap this well, thing. Well, I was just thinking, I was thinking as you even say someone else's experience, I know this has been my life experience. Like if there's somebody else who wants to be a consultant or, you know, thinking about getting into that field, and they come and they say, you know, can I shadow you for a day? Can I? What? I'm like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would love to tell you how I got here, you know, mm-hmm. if I can help mm-hmm. you. So my experience, I, I honestly can't think of ever getting a no when I've asked mm-hmm. someone, um, mm-hmm. you know, out there. I've gotten a few non- non-responses, like people just never wrote back to me one way or the other. But I've never got somebody saying, no, I'm not going to spend time telling you how I got here. I'm not going to. I'm not going to help you make your dream a reality. So, I, you know, if, if, there is some, if, if someone's got it, someone's got what you want, just going up to them and saying, you know what, you've got something, this is what I want. Can I just, like, hang out with you? Can I ask you questions? Can I spend time with you? And you just yeah. by being in their presence, you start vibing it's so the same true. way they're vibing. In fact, I posted on a Facebook group the other day for my coaches. I was posting about how much I like being my own boss, and it was just a couple sentences long. Um, but a couple of people commented about how they could literally feel my energy in that post. And I do this with clients, Kate, okay, because there's a vibration I'm not super familiar with, but I'm going to own, and that's the vibration of relationship happiness. <laughs> Where, um, like long-term relationship happiness, I – when someone starts talking about that or they tell a story about it, I am all ears because I am soaking that stuff up. That's how I can get familiar with it. It's the same way we learn anything that we didn't know before. Someone else knows this. You can learn it from them. But your own, you don't have to have someone else show you the way. Your imagination can take you there too. Yeah, I definitely think. And then talk for a minute about um... – because this is so, so for those of you who don't know, this is one of my favorite stories. I'm just going to take a minute to tell it. I got invited through a friend of mine, had Jeanette on a call for her, like, upper level private coaching group. And she said, she told me, she's like, you can be on the call, but you can't talk because it's only for my clients. Like, but you can listen in. And I thought, okay, this is cool. And I was driving to work and I thought, oh, law of attraction. 
expert. Well, yeah, I'm kind of a law of attraction expert myself. I'm like, but this will be cute. Let's hear what this person has to say. And I will never forget, it was eight minutes into the call because I looked down at that and I looked at the clock. And I was eight minutes into the call, Jeanette had, it was Jeanette, FYI, is the person who was a guest on the call. <laughs> and eight minutes in, you had blown my mind and resolved one of the biggest law of attraction mistakes I was making without even knowing I was making a mistake. And I was like, and ever since then, I've, of course, read everything that you've put out there. I'm like, that woman, really? Like, I'm like, I'm an expert, but she's an expert expert. So talk for just a minute about Pray Rain, because I feel like that's I another just, way of just self-care. Yeah. And, and, I just want to say yeah, how much good. I hear that as a compliment from you, Amina, because you're a girl who knows this material, not just knows it, but lives it inside and out. So thanks for that. But yeah, Pray Rain, uh, that's a term I learned from Greg Braden, when he talked about his, um, he had a Native American friend. I think it was in the 90s in New Mexico. They'd, they'd had like a five-year drought. And his friend was going to do a rain dance. And this was like early in Greg's spiritual studies or something. He and he, So he was a sponge for this sort of stuff. He came from a very different left-brain logical world. So um, he was all for learning something new. His friend asked if he wanted to go with him. To, he was going to go do this rain dance. And Greg's like, yeah, I've never seen one before. Absolutely. So they drove out to the middle of nowhere. They parked the truck. They walked further out to the middle of nowhere till his friend found this um, circle. It was a sacred circle of stones. And his friend took his shoes off and he stepped inside the circle. And I've heard Greg tell the story a couple of times. Um, but basically, he gets inside the circle and he, he closes his eyes. He's quiet. Well, he he said that he said, all my ancestors are with me now. He repeated that three times. And then he closes his eyes for a couple of minutes. He's just quiet, standing there. And then he opens his eyes and he says, he steps outside the circle. He says, okay, we're done. We could go now. And Greg was dumbfounded. He was like, what was that? I thought there was going to be costumes and chanting and, you know, drums. I thought you were going to pray for rain. What was that? And his friend laughs and says, if I prayed for rain, I wouldn't get rain, silly, as if that was, should be obvious to us. He says, what I did was I prayed rain. I didn't get the distinction the first time I heard this. But the way Greg describes it from his friend, when you pray for rain, what you're doing is you're reinforcing the lack of it. If you ask for rain, and it's, it's an acknowledgement that I don't have rain. And whatever you put out there is what you're getting back. So you put out, we don't have any rain here. Sure like some rain. Praying for rain, you get more drought. So what he did when he was inside the sacred circle, he he felt the rain falling on his, uh, he tasted it on his tongue. He felt the rain collecting underneath his toes. He smelled the rain in the air. He felt the shoulder-high corn brushing up against him from in the village, all the rain that had fallen. I mean, he was having the experience of rain instead of drought. So he, and he, the way he talks about it is praying rain versus praying for rain. So, um, and and Greg went on to talk about, oh, not only did it rain that night, it flooded. And I love I love how Greg talks about the weatherman. There was this jet stream moving across the country, but above New Mexico, it made a dip down to hit New Mexico, and then it went right back up to continue along. Apparently, the, weather, the jet streams don't usually move that way because the weatherman looked at it and went, huh. <laughs> but Native Americans are known for being able to play with weather, so... Um, and then he called his friend to make fun of him for because it, it flooded. It didn't just rain. He says, yeah, we've never been too good at controlling how much. But um, 
what I love is that Greg talks about how when he was studying with the Tibetan monks, when he asked them about the prayers, that he wanted to see their prayers, and the and the guy made fun of him saying, you you can't see our prayers. You're looking at us. You can't see our prayers. Our prayers are what we're feeling. You know, they're feeling peace, and they're feeling happiness, and they're that's what our prayer is. It's what we're feeling. It's not the words that we're speaking, although sometimes the words help us get to that feeling, but it's it's our vibration. It's our frequency that dictates what's unfolding next for us. So to make sure that you, if you, what you want is money, that you know the vibration of prosperity and abundance rather than just asking, you know, higher power or whoever you're addressing to bring you some money. You got to know the vibration of money before you can expect for money to show up. This is it's one of my all-time favorite stories, and that whole pray for rain versus pray rain, um, and, you know, one being the vibration of rain, the other one wishing, hoping, begging, pleading, yeah. needing, whatever. Needing rain, needing, hoping for yeah. rain. Yeah. yeah, and Cindy put, this is why I watched Pot Never Boils, that whole that whole thing, it's a huge distinction. This is the other thing that I pulled out of your story, and I heard this this once. I heard um, a religious scholar, I think, was talking, and he said, you know, once you say a prayer for something or you pray for something, he said, there's really no need for you to do it every single night for the rest of your life. So just assume that once you've asked for what you need, it's coming. So they went and they did this this rain dance, and it wasn't like they did it every day or they said, should, I, should we pay another hour? I, I'm doing some self-care. Should I, should I do another five minutes of it? Well, is it going to work if I only do two minutes of self-care instead of seven minutes of self-care? Do I need to do self-care every single day to make this work? And it's like all of that vibration, uh, it has to be a certain way. It has to be for a certain time. I have to do it every day. Oh, I still didn't get it. Let me start all over again. All of that kind of gets in the way of the vibe. So they went out once. Is it the rain thing? Cool. Done. You know, market is done mm-hmm. and move on. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I, I will say this, so as I've been practicing being delighted with my new place, because there is no way I am moving and not loving it. If I'm going to move, I'm making it worth it. So I'm practicing loving my new place, which is easy for me because I have loved my place forever. I've loved my place for uh, over 20 years where I've lived. I've lived in different places, but I've loved them so much. That's an easy vibration for me to find. But I notice as I'm thinking about making such a big change, I've been wondering what it's going to be like. Like, hmm, are you going to be, is it going to be too much solitude? Is it going to be too much work? Is are you going to regret doing this? So I'm practicing those. As I'm wondering about it, I'm practicing a different vibration, not the vibration that I want. So I have been regularly tuning into what it feels like to love my new place. And I do it daily, not because the universe needs to hear that from me so often in order for me, in order for it to deliver it, but it's more conditioning myself to the vibration so that I'm making sure this is one that I know very well. Maybe a better example is someone who's, who will say, well, I've never been in a happy, loving relationship. I have no idea what that feels like. That might be something you've got to practice a couple of times for yourself. It's not that you have to keep sending the signal to the universe for it to know what you want. It already knows what you want long before you ever got conscious about it. But by practicing it again and again, what you're doing is you're conditioning yourself to a new default vibration. So this is how you roll, and it's what you're a match for rather than being a match for loneliness or 
um, unhappiness or whatever else you might have had going on before that led to this new desire. Does that make sense, Almina? Yeah, that totally does. And some of it is it's, it's that balance between asking for what you want but also making sure you're vibing at that. And, well, yeah, the, before and vibing the, at one thing for a long time, it's, because it's work. We, it's break, we've, all had, it. <laughs> we've all had that experience of where we just had a fleeting desire, never thought about it again, and there it is. You know, like that, that stuff happens to us all the time. Well, we the don't time, have to yeah. work it regularly. And I think that the reason those things happen is because we were an easy match for it. Like it, it wasn't hard to believe. We weren't overworking it. We weren't worried about it not coming. We weren't giving it much thought at all. So we were an easy, easy match for it. For those things that were not maybe an easy match for, like when I started a coaching practice, I had never been self-employed before. I didn't really know anyone who was. It was new territory. So this vibration of having clients hire me for like uh, it was it was foreign and in order for me to acclimate myself to this experience that was a vibration I practiced every day in a variety of ways John Asraf talks about this in the answer about acclimating yourself to what you want and we could that's what our imaginations are for you although you can do it in a variety of ways but getting yourself used to something to your new normal right so that what you're used to that you don't want, you you withdraw from that vibration and you create a new one by practicing what you do want. This is why visualization is such a key manifesting process in law of attraction work because it's an easy way for us to plug into that new vibration on a regular basis. It's an interesting thing because sometimes our best success is totally hands-off, practice it once, let it go, forget about it, trust that it's done, let it unfold. And other times what I've noticed is that I have to do more work in order to achieve that vibrational alignment with what I want. I love that. And I love, talk about easy self-care, spending a minute every day visualizing what you want, feeling the feelings of having the thing that you want. The mm-hmm. lovely self-care activity and huge vibration boost. So let's open it up now. I know we have a number of people listening. So this is your opportunity. You've got Jeanette on the phone. If you have questions for Jeanette, if you have observations, wins from the week, questions, any of that stuff, this is your opportunity to ask. This is Jamie. How are you guys? Hey, Jamie. Nice to hear Hi, you. Jamie. Nice to hear you, too. Well, um, I don't have a question, but I just wanted to kick it off and say um, I just love all the opportunities to listen and get these important reminders about how um, valuable or invaluable, really, your self-care and self-love is when it comes to intentional living. So I just eat eat it up when you guys have, you know, calls like this because it just really reinforces the importance of it. And as you guys mentioned, you know, when you're busy all the time and you've got your corporate job and then your business that you're growing on the side and maybe you have fur babies or you've got kids and, you know, you've got all these balls you're juggling in the air, um, it's just so very natural, um, at least speaking like from a woman's standpoint of you to put yourself last. And, and put other people first, put your children first, you know, making dinner for the family first or whatever. And I just love when it's reinforced that it's so valuable and so important to make sure that you're putting yourself first. 
um, and and your and your whole family benefits from that. Everybody mm-hmm. benefits mm-hmm. from that. Your clients benefit from that. Your coworkers benefit from that. So, great message. You know, Jamie, I just want to reinforce that for someone who might be questioning that one because, um, you know, when we talk about the vibration that we're flowing, we're we're not just flowing that for ourselves. Everyone around us is um, experiencing that too. I was because when you were describing that, I was thinking, how does the phrase go? If Mama ain't happy, ain't no one happy, or <laughs> something like that. Dang straight. <laughs> you know, like I'm like really um, the last thing anyone wants, and a lot of moms they find themselves n- not on purpose doing this, but sometimes playing the role of the martyr and the one who is always, you know, she gets it last if there's anything left over for mom whether it's time or dessert or whatever that think of what you are bringing to your household that you are immersing your family in when that's your vibration your vibration of uh, not tending to yourself you're bathing others in that stuff i mean so it's a gift that you are giving someone else when you bring love to the table and i think some people think that it's either them or me, but it isn't. It's whatever you, whatever's going on for you is also going on for them. And you want to have that going in your favor so that you, not only that you're setting the example for them of how to be good to yourself because they are learning from you. And if you are showing them the example of sacrifice and going without and putting others' needs first constantly, then that's the life you're setting them up for. And I think for some people, that's the incentive they need in order to change their ways, in order to to live for themselves what they want for their children. And when you when you live that, that's much more. Um, it's a much better way to pass that on rather than verbally, because you know words don't teach, actions teach. So even just loving yourself so that you teach your own children how to love themselves, that's I think one of the best things you could pass on. And you can do that without sacrificing their well-being. Whenever we think that it's a, there's a conflict between what's good for me and what's good for them, that's an illusion worth questioning. Yeah, well, it's well said, Jeanette. And, you know, if you think back to it, that's where we learned it from, too. Absolutely. You know, it's a learned behavior to put others first, to sacrifice ourselves for others, and we don't realize that we are inadvertently teaching it. I have an extreme example of um, a mom who was, she hated being a mom. She hated, hated, hated it. She got divorced, and um, she won custody, well, most custody. He had weekends. And um, and she just was, she was literally, she, she was just drowning. She hated it. She didn't like this in any way, shape, or form. And her fantasy was to, like, run away and um, and she knew what she wanted to do with her life, but it wasn't possible because she was being a mom. And when I thought, I asked her, I said, what what kind of mom you're being for these kids? I mean, you are showing up as someone who's resenting being here, someone who doesn't love doing this. She doesn't love cooking for them. She doesn't love helping them with their homework. Is it really the right thing to do to continue to show up for them in this life? Or would it be better for them to be with someone who did love them because her ex had remarried a wonderful woman, you know, and she loved his fathering skills. And I, I said, don't you think your children would have a better experience of life being with someone who did love being there for them? And she actually saw that. She was like, I get how that would be better for them. So she made plans 
to um, <laughs> follow her dream. And uh, what happened, once she gave herself that choice of not being a full-time mom, once she, she created another alternative and actually started to take steps to pursue it, she became crystal clear that she would never want to leave her kids. That, like, that was the craziest thing she ever thought of. Once it was a choice, though, she experienced it differently. When it was something she felt like she had to do, she was resentful and angry about it, and that's not a fun mom for anyone to be around. Some of us might have had some of those moms. We know that's not fun. But um, there are so many ways for us to change our experience of something, and that's the loving thing to do, whatever that might look like. Mm, love that. Other questions, Wins? Amina? Yes. This is Cindy. You had asked uh, what could, what's one thing, a self-love activity. Whatever kind of self-care you do, just do it with the intention of love. You don't have to make extra time. You don't have to make extra space. You don't have to spend extra money. Everyone's already doing some level of self-care. Like you do feed mm-hmm. yourself and probably get a shower. So whatever you do to take care of yourself, do it with a loving intention. It's totally possible to have great self-care habits and not really be loving yourself. I love yeah. that. Right? It's like if, if, you know, if, if you didn't love cats and Jeanette asked you to come feed her cats, you know, you could go feed her cats. But they wouldn't be getting love like they do when Jeanette feeds them. Yeah. Right? And, and you, you're going through the motions. So yeah. just do it with yeah, love. Yeah. Yeah, that is such, that, you know, our consciousness around it, our decision, it can make such a difference. It did for me when I was hating going to work, when I finally asked myself, why are you making yourself do this? Mm. And, I, and I found the answers, because the answer is either stop doing this. If you don't have a good enough reason, stop doing it. But once I got clear on the reasons why, I went to work with, it was, it was a lighter energy. I'm not saying it was happy, happy, joy, joy, but it was way better than when I, it felt like torture, when I reminded myself, why I was choosing this, it lightened it up. So there's a lot of room to, there's a lot of playground for us just in how we approach something, let alone actually doing something different. And that's just easy, easy to do. I mean, there's things that all of us do every day, maybe get dressed for the day or eat something for the day and just bringing the intention that, you know, I'm putting this food in my body with the intention of taking care of myself and loving myself. It makes the, I'm just eating lunch. I'm grabbing lunch. It turns I'm grabbing lunch into a self-care activity. <laughs> it turns I'm taking a shower into a self-care. You know, I'm taking mm-hmm. care of my skin and I'm taking I'm care of my body. So, yeah, I'm treating, my, I'm, I'm treating myself kindly by, by doing these things. And these are just your daily habits. So I, I love that in terms of just make it easy, you know, you know the, start with the, the baby steps. I think the biggest benefit to practicing self-love is how it gets reflected back to you by the world and by everyone in it. It's, um, it's a really cool thing because you're setting the tone for how everyone should treat you based on how you treat yourself. So as you learn to be better to yourself, the world can't help but, re- but match you in that. Exactly. Love it. Love it, love it. Well, I think that we are obviously on to something. So I, I shared a link in Facebook, but um, Mama Gina, who has written a number of Different, different books is doing a self-love, uh, self-care. I don't even know what she's calling it. Now, now I've, all I've got in my head is self-love. Yeah, self-love challenge. 
And I signed up for it, so I'll share with you all on Facebook in case you don't want to put your email out there to another thing. But today's is take a bath instead of taking a shower. And that mm. is her her self-love five days, five days of self-love tip for today. Yay. So I'll share that, share that with all of you. And I would love to just let's keep this going in Facebook. I'd love to hey. hear what people are doing and for self-love. And, yes. Speaking of keeping it going, I'm going to start a little movement that before our 30 days here is up, that you have declared whatever our next event is, whatever our next party is, even if it isn't the next day, because I know this has been a lot of work for you and that you deserve a break from it, but um, I love the idea that you have something to invite us to before we're done here. <laughs> I'm just proposing I that movement. I've been thinking about that because we started oh, this great thing, and I'm like, oh, we got to keep this keep this going. It, keep, even if it was more joy going. or if you felt it for something else, but you've created so much momentum here for everyone, and I know I've seen this happen myself. It's where GBU came from because I had done a variety of groups in the past where we we got great things flowing, and then it ended. Let's not let this one end. You've, what you're doing here is just too fabulous. Thank you. I'm going to – I'll help out if you want. Just let me know. This is Jamie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> love it. Love the love. This must be from all my self-love that there's more love coming well, in. And the loving thing might be to say, pass, Jeanette. <laughs> you do it. <laughs> might be, but – no, I this has, been, this has been so much fun, and so this the community we we all everyone who's here listening and will be listening has created is just amazing. And Jeanette, thank you so much for co-sponsoring. Um, I'm very excited about this Saturday's gift for year membership to CBU, and there are so many great resources. There are so many great resources on their calls recordings, downloads, and there's, there's a ton of free stuff on there that people can go to but with the membership. So I'm very excited to pull a name this Saturday and more excited about thank you gifts to Tom. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And everyone keep sharing your wins, keep sharing what's working for you, and definitely keep sharing with the self-love. I think we can all benefit from the tips that we're getting. Right on. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and thanks, Amina, for hosting this. You're welcome. Have, Have a good week. Thanks, everyone. Talk to everybody next Wednesday. Have a great Bye, day. Everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.